0: Welcome to the Ken Hill Podcast. This is Ken Hill, and welcome to podcast number seventy-eight. I'm recording uh, an intro to the the topic at hand today. Uh, one, I wanted to separate some of the the general uh, updates versus the actual podcast topic. So we're just gonna just gonna dive right into it. So a little housekeeping, and yeah, it's been a while since I've recorded a podcast. Uh, I, I've been busy. It. We've basically um, kind of condensed uh, an entire year into into four months, and uh, there's been a lot going on. And you know, I haven't I haven't taken this time for granted, um, especially on on my own stuff. I've had two or three fairly significant breakthroughs uh, in in just in just my the way that I'm teaching and the way that I'm communicating things. And this podcast is. Um, is one of those things, where it's things that we've we've already sort of done, but putting it all together uh, for everyone is is what we needed to do. So that's you're you're getting you're getting one of those breakthroughs, and then there's two or three more in the in the queue uh, with podcasts coming out. And the way that this this podcast came about was is I as we had to do more things. Um, away from the track this year. And of course, we're doing more things at the track and we're trying to take advantage of this time at the track. So we really spent more time um, connecting all of these different things together and, and trying to provide this feedback loop uh, for everyone. So we, so we really wanted to work on consistent training because you know it's like, okay, I wanna go run a 10K and just because you go run a 5K once doesn't mean you're, you're set to go for the 10K. No, you've got to keep training and keep training and keep training and look at your feedback. How am I doing? How are my times? How are my legs? All these different things. And it's the consistent training that, that will get you there. And this, this really came about, um, honestly, with a lot of the Racers 360 stuff when I'm getting more people signing up for some of those sessions. And you know, we could take one session, come back, and look at their next session with the things we're improving on. We're seeing just absolutely remarkable things by just literally sending videos in and sending data in. And it's this consistent training, building this process that that gets the improvement. And I I really think the thought there should be is, is that your improvement compounds so it's just not getting feedback once it's building this loop, and this is where your improvement just keeps compounding and compounding and compounding, and you know just being steadfast with it. So I'll go into a story uh, because the story has this uh, one that just really really sticks by me is you know when we had the Rick Race team and you know we're competing at the very sharp end of the the 600 class and. One of our riders came in and he qualified first. So qualified first and came in and he said, yeah, the bike is great. He goes, I don't want to touch the bike. The bike is great. Everything's good. You know, I'm gonna go get ready for the race. We have a download process and the download process takes all of the bike information as well as all the rider information. So we do a bike download and we do a rider download. He qualified first. It would have been really easy at that point just to say, okay, great, we're good, let's get ready. Instead, no. We still did our download process. We still did things the exact same way. And during that download process, we actually uncovered not one but two things that improved our situation for the race. And we ended up finding something with engine braking and we actually found something in the rider that we thought that he could do better. So. It would have been easy to skip over and say, dude, we qualified one. We're good. And no, we, we keep the process going. We keep the feedback loop consistent. And by unpacking that, right, uncovering those things, we found things to improve on. So it, it's the consistency here that we want you to build. Um, yeah, so just, again, starting your feedback loop. The other thing with this, I know there's a lot of information coming at you in this, in this podcast, and on, honestly, there was enough there. We could, we could have done a series on each one of these categories, but and I, and I am totally up for that, but let's start this first. Let's, let's get your brain wrapped around this. Let's start your feedback loop. Let's get these categories going and building each one of these categories for yourself. And if I get enough feedback, where see? If I get enough feedback, I'll improve by doing a series on it. So, all right. Without uh, without further ado, let's uh, let's jump into podcast seventy eight. Welcome to the Ken Hill Podcast. I'm Ken Hill. I think the first time that I truly appreciated feedback, or or was able to step back and see. Uh, what it could do uh, for a rider uh, was at the end of two thousand and six, and at that time i was I was instructing for at Freddie Spencer School, and yeah, I was instructing, and I was giving feedback um, to the students, of course I was, and uh, we, were, we were training riders with uh, with Freddie and at the end of two thousand and six, what I think really sh- what really brought home to me the importance. Of uh, feedback was when Nicky Hayden came. Nicky had just won the 2006 MotoGP uh, championship in a very, uh, a very challenged year for him. Uh, but he did it. And at the end of that year, um, they were going to go to a different displacement bike in 2007, and and Nicky came to the school, and. Nicky came into the uh, instructor training or instructor changing room, and you know we all said hi, and um, I didn't really know him, um, but you know he knew that I was there as part of Freddie's crew, and he says, "Yeah, I'm going to be riding today. I'm going to working. I'm, I'm working on X, Y, and Z." And he said, "If if you see anything that can help me improve, stop me and tell me. You know, and, and this this was." This was such a big deal for me, and it was such a revelation that here's a guy. He just he's, he's the best in the world right now, uh, but yet, of course, he's trying to improve. And the importance of having a trusted source um, um, that he could rely on to give him the the feedback that that he needed to to get quicker. So that was that was uh, that was something that I said. Wow, you know, I, if if Nikki's looking for this, um, and here we, you know, I know we're doing this on a. On a student level, but if we're at the very, very sharp end of the sport and we're looking for that, that was that was something that I really doubled down on. And the other thing that I, I took that opportunity is when Nikki rode and I had the opportunity to to watch him, is I I basically pulled my bike to the side of the track and watched him burn laps and watched watched what he was doing. Um, and then and had him explain some things that he was doing and uh, it helped build some of the language that uh, everybody's, everybody's hearing today. So <clears throat> let's get into feedback. Uh, and more importantly, a feedback loop. So as, as motorcycle riders and racers, typically the only feedback we really pay attention to is a lap time. How fast did I go or did I go faster? And I, I think what do you when we look at it this way, and, and I'm just as guilty as everybody else, I want a lap time too. And I'm I there are times I am conscientious of that. But when we put that reference, that part of our feedback first, really we're we're putting our sport backwards. The lap time comes at the end of your lap. It's what you do during the lap that produces the lap time. Instead, let's, let's think forward. It's, it's the process, right? It's the hundreds of little decisions and actions that deliver that result. So, you know, what, what are the to- tools needed to be able to answer the question of how am I doing? How am I doing in real time? How am I doing with all these, different, all these different things? How am I doing away from the track? And again, it's putting all, together all of these little things that will help produce the lap time that, that of course, that we, that we all want. So this podcast, what we're really going to do is we're going we're gonna to talk about a feedback loop, what it consists of and how to build one for yourself. So let's, let's start with you know, essentially what is feedback? And I think for our context, let's, let's make it really simple. How am I doing? How am I doing? I, am, I, am I going through the right steps? Am I going the right direction to meet my goals? Okay, so what is a feedback loop and how does that differ from feedback? So a feedback loop, it's a way of, of measuring your output so your next input can be better. Because you can look at, you can maybe get some feedback, but if you're not documenting it, documenting it or, or, or if you're not taking action on that, well, it's not gonna change your next input. We want a way that you can consistently improve. It's very simple. What can be measured can be managed. So I really want you to think about that, right? It's a way, a feedback loop is a way of measuring your output so your next input can be better. And a feedback loop should be part of your writing program. And at the very sharp end of pretty much anything, anything, these feedback loops are built into it. And I can tell you whether it's racing at the sharp end of Motor America or having even been over it in, um, in uh, Grand Prix, is feedback is so, so important. And it, it's broken down in different categories, which is what we're going to get into with, with everybody here. So <clears throat> how do you know if you're truly getting better or not? Yeah, the lap time tells you what you did but it doesn't tell you how you did it. So, for our purposes, what does a feedback loop look like? And we're gonna break that up into four categories. And there's a little bit of um, overlap in some of these categories, and that's, that's okay. Because I want, looking back at how I work with riders and how I work with teams, and how I work my, the people that give me feedback, this is, this is how we do it. So we're gonna break it up in, into four categories. And the first one is your, is your subjective measures. Basically, your emotions and your feelings. And the second one is the objective measures, which is really the technical part of it. And the third category is gonna be trusted sources. And then the last one is, is data analysis. So those are the four categories that we're working with, which is subjective, objective, trusted sources, and and data analysis. So let's start to break those down a little bit. And the whole idea of this is I will give you some examples for this. That doesn't make, these don't necessarily have to be your examples, but we can take these and you can customize them for, for your situation. And again, if you write these things down organically, what will happen is you'll, you'll end up prioritizing them and, and, and what's important to you. But we need to start these categories and we need to start this process for everyone. So let's get into it. Subjective measures it's, it's how you're feeling, it's what you feel. And I think it's really important to measure how you feel and why. And let's say you're going to a track that you've never been to, right? So you've never been to a track. You've never been there. And you're feeling, right, you're feeling nervous. Oh, my gosh, you know, i got to get up to speed quickly. Or, um, you know, it looks like it's going to rain in the afternoon. And, uh, right, so, okay, you might be feeling anxious with it. Then you can do that the complete opposite. You might be feeling ultra confident. It's, oh my gosh, it's 85 degrees. I got new tires, um, et cetera, et cetera. You're feeling confident. And I think, I think what's important is understanding that these end up being our natural, these organic feelings that just come to you. They naturally come in, a, in a, the order of importance to you. And this is telling you what you need to do to mitigate the emotion. If you don't know the track, yeah, okay, well, what do you need to do to, <clears throat> to go to the next step and figure out how, how do I get rid of that anxiousness? Do I need to look at a track map? Do I need to do a track walk? Um, do I need to watch some video? What, whatever it needs to be. So the emotion, what the emotion is trying to do is it's, it, it should drive you to the technique. Emotion shouldn't be the technique. And I think, it's, I think it's a really great thing to have is to have this emotion because that's telling yourself how you feel. Don't, don't hide it, but do something about it. So emotion should drive your technique. So recognize it, figure out what it is, and then bring in the techniques and habits to help mitigate that. The next one is your objective measures. And there's a lot, there's just a ton to this one, but in this, contact, in this context, The objective measures are are what what the track and bike are telling you. So objective measures can be your apex, how are you you getting to your apex, how are you getting away from your apex, how close to the apex are you, Um, what control are you using um, at the apex, Um, where's your end of braking, how's your initial throttle, do you have weight on your inside arm, is your core engaged, what about your fork travel. Um, What about your rear shock travel? Um, What about your brake pressure? Um, Tire wear? All of these things become objective measurements that we can take a look at. And um, again, it's building building a category for these and recognizing them, measuring them, and being able to improve them. So third one is trusted sources. And I, I think that this, this, this is an incredibly important and um, important category, because as we well know, there's a ton of advice out there, and there's a ton of opinion out there. So a trusted source, a trusted source is someone you can rely on for objective information that comes from extensive expertise that remains impartial to your situation. So if somebody's not in, you know, right, if somebody's partial to, to your situation, you may not be getting the best information. If it doesn't come from an area of of professional expertise, then that may not have merit. To be clear, not everyone deserves an opinion, uh, and I've got I've got lots and I have lots of stories, uh, lots of stories on that. Matter of fact, I think it's it, there's merit in in telling one, which is I had a writer on the on the Rick team and we were at Barber, and you know, we, were, we were downloading the data from his bike. I was talking to his crew chief, um, talking to the data guy from looking at the preliminary results of the data, and you know, going to form our, our, our download. And the rider comes up to me and goes, hey, I, I really think I need to pick up my corner speed in, in turn two. And uh, I said, okay, you know, great. Well, well you know, tell, me, tell me more about this. Where is this coming from? And, you know, let's let's break this down. And he goes, well, I feel pretty good in there, um, but a friend of mine was watching from the outside of the track, and he said, I look slow in there. Okay. So when we looked at the data, of course, that, that wasn't. He was on par with everybody else. And, you know, of course, now he's focused on something that he shouldn't be focused on. And it came from an opinion from somebody that doesn't have expertise. So trusted sources. This this is something um, this is something we need to spend more time looking at, right? You need an object, objective viewpoint, someone that can give you informer, information related to your writing that can be trusted. Not everybody, as we said, deserves an opinion. And quite honestly, amateur coaching gives you amateur performance. Professional coaching enables professional performance. So I. I yeah, I, I can't, I mean, I, I am constantly looking for feedback from the right sources in pretty much everything that I do, because uh, all I want to do is improve. And the nice thing is, is that when you start to hone in on these things, it, it, it lets you figure out what you don't want, and it really focuses in on what you do want, and what you do want uh, it becomes just a lot easier. And then the fourth category is, is data analysis. And the, the two things that work with data analysis is simply video review and data acquisition. And we'll get into that here in just, just a little bit as well. So data analysis is video review and data acquisition. So, okay, great. Awesome. We got four categories. How the hell do I how the hell do I do it? How do I execute, execute this? And how do you build your own feedback loop? And so I think when we look at the first category, your emotions. When, you, when you're going to go into a situation, it starts with define what your success looks like and does your emotion line up with that? So if you figure out ahead of time what you deem to be successful for your upcoming race or your track day or whatever it may be. Define that success before you get there, and see if your emotion lines up with it, and then you can recon- reconcile all that and figure out what's going on. So, again, we talked about if you're going to go to a new track, boy, going to a new track, it's going to take up 80% of your brain space. So, you know, work on those factors that help you learn a new track. Let's take another example. Let's say you've got new suspension on your bike, and You've got you know, some, some, some angst thinking about, oh my gosh, will it work? Will it, will it be better? How, how do I even know? Well, you can start this by essentially writing down your before settings, right writing down your new settings, and then after each session, spend time in that zone and go through, oh, you don't have a download sheet? Oh, that's okay. I'm going to make one available for you. So write down what the bike is doing in different places on the track so you can provide the feedback and see if it's better or worse. So developing this this loop of every session. And this is gonna help you so much better. And you can simply even use it with a track map as well, right, you can take a track map and um, write down something for every corner and figure figure these things out. I'm not comfortable in turn six. And then that goes along with your objective measures of, well, I'm not hitting my apex in six. Okay, well, then you can reconcile those two things together to figure out what's, what's going on. So, again, the subjective measures is your emotions. We want to do something to be able to mitigate your concern, and we also want a way to be able to track it. All right, so the objective measures. This, there's, there's a lot to this. And again, you can kind of individualize it a lot for your circumstance, but there's a so many things out there that we, can, that we can use for this. And let's try to keep this boxed in to essentially the report cards on the track and also what your bike is telling you. So, let, let, an example. If you have a track with 15 turns, we have 15 opportunities per lap to ask yourself how you're doing. And if you, if you really want to go a step further, If there's five reference points for each corner, that 15 corners, you have 75 points of feedback per lap that are available to you. So how is my initial, you know, how's my braking? Um, How's my turning point? How's my slow point? How's my apex? How's my exit apex? Um, Where am I letting off the brakes? And you can start to map those things out with with a track map. So there's a ton of things there um, that you can use. Same thing with your bike, right? So whether, whether it's um, using data on your bike or maybe it's even as simple as a zip tie on your fork or tire wear, it's acknowledging the, these things and building a consistent habit of tracking them. So how do we track these things? What? I don't I just have a notebook. Okay, so what I've done is uh, on my website, cagecoaching.com. If you there's a tab available there that says um, uh, forms uh, and my glossary. And if you click on that one, you'll actually have two downloadable forms. These are the exact forms that I, lose, I use. They're the forms that I use for a writer for every session, every run session. There's notes in there. And the notes are your feedback, your, your uh, general feedback Plus actually we built a, your scorecard in there as well. So we've got some subjective and objective measures in this as well. And yeah, I did, I did put a lap time thing in there as well just so we can at least measure that. It's something that even though I won't tell the student about a lot of times I will measure lap time just to see where things are at. And it helps me keep track of it. So we've got a fantastic session download sheet there. And I've also built in a, um, a bike download sheet and um it's 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 pretty intense uh there's a lot of stuff going on there and it's uh there's some there's some things in there to help you um ask yourself some questions on what the bike is doing and some specific parts of um, the suspension whether it's initial fork and the bottom of the fork uh initial throttle all these different things so we've got those available on the website to help you start this process and, and build your feedback loop so Trusted source, let's talk about this one. I think the first thing with a trusted source before you even get, in, get into talking to somebody is giving yourself permission to accept feedback. And I, I can't tell you what a big deal that is. Once, once I was able to take um, feedback in a way that I was only focused on it helping me improve was a game changer for me. And the, so give yourself permission to accept feedback. And the second step with that is find yourself a trusted source. Ride with them. Do online training with them. Set multiple sessions with, with, your, with your trusted source. And it, this is something where you're, you're looking not only for an evaluation but you're also looking to see how you're improving. And I, I, this is such a big step. So whether this is somebody that you're, you go to a track day, right? So it's like, hey, I know this guy's a trusted source. Can he ride with me in the morning? Can he ride with me in the afternoon? Fantastic. Can he video me in the morning? Video me in the afternoon? Or it's as simple as after every day, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send, um, uh, a video video review you can send it to me racers 360 um i'm not here to pump that stuff up because there's there's lots of ways to do it but you there's ways for you to build this loop feedback loop for a trusted source and the other thing about this is that it helps make you accountable for it as as well so working with data acquisition, category four, working with data acquisition. I think the, the, the important part with this is separate gathering data versus working the data. We need base data, right? We need, we need base reference laps. Um, we need to be able to see what you're doing so we can see how you're improving. And even onboard video, right? So it's, it's establishing baseline video of how you're doing. And, you know, whether it's your first session or your last session, we we just have to start somewhere with it. And <clears throat> there's a lot of other things that we can work on in this category, but the ones that we really pay attention to um, are, of course, like I said, the video. Um, and when we work, at, work with data acquisition, we initially start with just GPS speed. That's really all you need. A AIM Solo DL is... It can carry us through literally 90% of the things that we we need to be able to to work with. So working with data acquisition, awesome. And once you have it, then we look for having the appropriate appropriate reference to be able to compare to. And if that's something that you want to get into, we do training with that. I do training with that as well. So... Let's so we can kind of wrap we can kind of wrap this up a little bit. Um, if if you're truly interested in improving, this is how you train. This is part this is part of your training loop, measured and managed training with these these four categories. And I know this this is overwhelming, right? There's so much information here, and I've I've hardly touched on some of it. But what we wanted to do is build some framework for you. And if you if you simply stick with picking one of these categories and working one of these categories, that's gonna start taking you to the next one. And um, just being able to start your feedback loop and build it is what's gonna give you the success uh, in your writing. And the main thing is, yeah, pick one. Start somewhere, but just don't pick your lap timer pick something else, right? Because remember, the lap time comes at the end of your lap, and it's all the things that you do to get that lap time. So, all right, four categories of feedback, right? Feed, building your feedback loop. Emotion leads to technique, right? Category one, emotion leads to technique. Category two, your objective report cards, whether it's on the track, um, whether it's the, the, uh, the, the references on the track, or whether it's with the bike, and category three, building a trusted source. If you don't have one, get one and commit to, to working with that trusted source consistently. And the last one is having some sort of data acquisition, right? Whether it's, uh, you know, video on your bike um, uh, or the bike, the bike data itself. There's so many cool things that are out there for that. Tons of stuff available. So. All right, feedback loop, feedback loop. Let's get your stuff started.